and welcome back to the Corruption of Colton podcast. This is episode 22, and today we're going to be taking a look at the album Day One by From Ashes to New. Now, there's actually a really fun fact about how this band formed. It was formed by frontman Matt Brandy, and he formed the band and actually funded their debut album, with money he got from a work compensation settlement in 2013. And I guess with that money, he decided to pursue music and form a rap rock band, obviously called From Ashes to New, since by the title of this episode. And I really like this band, and I love this album. You know, I actually listen to a lot of rock and a lot of metal and country. I think you guys have figured that out by now. We're 22 episodes in. I assume you guys could have figured that out by now, but let's get right into this. Let's not waste any time as we've got like 15 songs to go over. This is a nice debut album. I chose the deluxe edition. Now that I think about it, I'm regretting it because I have so many songs to talk about now, <laughs> but it's too late. The, the standard edition has 11 songs, but we're going to talk 15. Let's go. This album starts with the song Land of Make-Believe, and I personally think it's a really good way to start this album. It's a little combination of melodic parts and screaming parts. It's like rap metal metalcore. It almost reminds me of like if Linkin Park met Hollywood Undead. So it kind of gives me like that new metal metalcore feel. So it almost sounds like Linkin Park, but then there's like the instrumentation, like the rap metal parts, like the melodic parts remind me of like some Linkin Park type of melodicness. But then the instrumentation kind of reminds me of like some like rap metal stuff from Hollywood Undead. I really like this song. Land of Make Believe is really good. Unfortunately, this album isn't really as popular as most metal albums. In fact, this band isn't as popular as most metal bands. They're more underground, so it's kind of hard to find song facts about songs from this album. So I'm only really going to be going over, like, what I think of the song personally from, like, the instrumentation and vocal standpoint because I don't really have much to go by when it comes to analyzing the lyrics. So my thoughts might be a little short this time around, so I apologize. But hey, this is a pretty good song. I would recommend checking it out. Let's move on to the next one. Far From Home is really interesting. There's a lot to go over with this track, as there is a lot going on. <clears throat> I'll start with the instrumentation. There's this little electric electronic like vibe going on almost like this song was inspired by electronica music which you can hear in the beginning where they just experiment with a bunch of like computerized sounds they also do this in, in a breakdown later on towards the end of the song there's like this electronic solo breakdown thing going on which is really interesting they kind of like mix the guitar solo with this, like, electronic breakdown, it's actually really interesting. I really like it. Now let's get into the meaning of this song. I actually decided to analyze the lyrics. I usually use um, the Song Facts website and um, mainly song meanings because usually you can get notes from the artist so you know exactly what the song's about. 
But here I decided to just read the lyrics on Apple Music and just analyze them, reading them over. And I personally believe this song is about hopelessness. Let me read you some lyrics from this in the first verse real quick. I lay awake and look at the ceiling and wonder why. I'm so afraid to face these feelings and want to die. I'm out of place and nothing is appealing to stay alive. Why try to face it when it's so easy to say goodbye? Okay. This might be one of the most relatable metalcore songs I have listened to on this show. And I've listened to this album and this band a few times. You know, I've listened to From Ashes to New quite a lot, but I've mostly listened to their most recent album, like their last two in the last few years. This one I haven't really sat down with. I've sat down with it once, because I've mentioned I've listened to this album. I've listened to it a few times, okay? I've sat down with this album a few times. But not as much as their other two albums, like their most recent two or so, I've spent more time with. Like, I feel like... I'm a, I am definitely guilty of this. I feel like people, when they listen to bands, sit down with their more popular or most recent albums, but no one ever really sits in, down and listens to like the debut album. I feel like a lot of debut albums get forgotten unless the debut albums are their best albums. Like, for example, nobody forgets about Metallica's debut, Kill Em All. It was huge. You know, it had songs like The Four Horsemen, um, Seek and Destroy, Hit the Lights, Anesthesia Pulling Teeth. You know, Metallica's debut is huge. You, you sit down with the debut album by bands like Nirvana or Pearl Jam, you know, Nevermind, 10, all those debut albums. People sit down with those and remember them. Pantera's Cowboys from Hell, technically not their debut, but it's the debut of their era that everybody knows. You know, everybody sits down with these memorable debut albums and could name every song off of it. And remember so much from it, everyone always listens to that album. But then there's bands where the debut isn't really as prominent. Take Megadeth, for example, my favorite metal band. Killing Is My Business is a little bit of an underproduced, low-production debut album, so a lot of people, you know, sweep it under the rug. Even though there are so many great songs on it, like Mechanics, the Skull Beneath the Skin, These Roots Are Made for Walkin' Cover, Last Ride Slash Love to Death with that amazing piano intro. People don't sit down with some of these other big debut albums because they're just not that big. Even though they're great, they're just not easy to listen to because of either the production is low and it's just crunchy and not that crisp. It's kind of staticky at times. But there are treasures to behold by listening to debut albums. This album is definitely that. This album is actually not low produced. I feel like there's better technology for producing albums. So these days, you don't hear about bands having low quality debut albums. That was more of a 70s, 80s, 90s thing. Around the 2000s, debut albums have gotten higher budgets. Um, but you know, the thing is, I feel like we just ignore debut albums a lot just because they're not as popular as bands' other albums where like there's, there's always that album that has a number one hit on it. So then everyone just listens to that record. Unless you're a big music nerd like me and you sit down and listen to every album in a band's discography. <laughs> Which is something I've gotten more into doing. In like the last, I'd say the year 2021, I really got more into music because I rediscovered my love for music. 
For anybody that doesn't know, my mom used to play music a lot when I was growing up. She would play a lot of Bon Jovi, Death Leopard, Poison, Modley Crew. My dad would play a lot of Van Halen and other glam bands, Judas Priest. You know, all these kinds of things, Ozzy Osbourne, you know. So I was listening to a lot of rock growing up. Obviously, I didn't pay attention to, like, who the artist was or anything, but I loved it. And now listening to all these rock bands, I realized that, oh, this is the band my parents have been playing this whole time. <laughs> right? You know, so that's the thing. And sitting down, you know, I that, you know, I kind of went away from music for a while. As a teenager, I got more into, like, pop music and stuff. And I was more into, like, boy bands and things like that. Then, around, like, the later years of high school, I kind of just lost interest in music altogether until my senior year of high school. I got more into video making and, like, content creation on YouTube and stuff. And then, in my senior year, I got far more into music than I've ever been in my entire life. I'm more into music now than I've ever been into music in my entire damn life. And I'm proud of it. I mean, now I'm a CD collector. I've started doing that, which shows my dedication to, the mu- to music and, li- and the music listening experience. I've convinced my parents to buy me a sound system. Um, that's a stretch too. You know, I've done so many things for my listening experience. Convinced my parents to buy me speakers to put in my basement and the, all these things that, you know, I would not have done when I was younger. But now the music listening experience has become so big part of my life. It's also big to my sister-in-law. She listens to tons of music. I think that I listen to music religiously at this point. If listening to music was a religion, that's the religion I identify with, bro. Oh, man, there is so much to listen to. And I listen to so many artists, so many genres like country, pop, rock, metal, rap, etc. It's like, you can't get me away from music. I take music everywhere. If I'm on a walk, I've got my headphones in. I could be listening to music while walking the dog. I could be, I'm in the car. I take a car taxi to um, school slash work every day. And because it's through my my um, school district. So, you know, I take a ride through that. I put my headphones in. Listen to music till I get there. Same with the way home. If my family and I go out somewhere, music's on. You cannot pull me away from music. I'll put on music in the shower. I'll put on music to fall asleep. You cannot get me away from music if you tried. (laughs) Right? And, you know, I think it's a great thing. Music is just a big coping mechanism. You know, I've talked about on this podcast that I live with stress and anxiety. And one of the biggest reasons that I'm not as stressed out and I seem a lot more jittery and more um, outgoing on the podcast is because of music. I probably would not be as outgoing you know, if it wasn't for music. You know, I was a big outgoing person as a kid, but I felt like into my early years of high school, I became less outgoing and less social and just stayed to my friend group. I definitely did that more. I kind of stuck with, I stuck with my friends and my girlfriend at the time, most of the time. Like, I did not socialize with many people. Then I got more social again. Now I'm one of the biggest social butterflies this world's ever seen. So... (laughs) Music has definitely helped me to become less stressed, and it is music has helped me to become far more out of my shell than I've ever been. I feel a lot more social and just ready to try anything and do anything. And I owe that all to music and therapists.
Raj, you know, my therapist is great and she's helped me get further into my comfortable with myself as well. And this song, I feel like, just does a great job. The reason I bring this up is that this song does a great job from reading those lyrics to display that how, like, things in life can just feel so hopeless. It's just so much... It feels easier to just avoid things in life than to do them. I was actually talking to my dad about this during dinner. My family and I were having dinner in the kitchen. I literally talked to my dad about how being an adult sucks and that how all I want to do is avoid paperwork. Because I'm 19, for anybody listening. So I'm, a, I'm new at this whole adulting thing. And, you know, I'm only two years in. And one of the things that I like to avoid is paperwork. It, I hate all of it. I hate the uh, of having to sign things. Like, there's just something anxiety-provoking about signing your name onto this important document that's going to follow you around for the rest of your life because your signature's on it. You know, there's just something about it. Like, I don't want to get too much into my, like, finances or anything, but, like, because I'm, I'm a disabled person, so I also get assistance from the government and, you know, the U.S. state of Illinois. And, you know, the thing about that is, well, guess what? To get, to get those assistance from the government, I have to sign paper after paper after paper, you know? And it's like, in the anxiety provoking thing is it's like, you expect a almost, like, a visually impaired, a low-visioned individual who can't read to sign a document and know what they're signing. Like, it's just the most anxiety-provoking. I have to have someone read me the document, but then how do I know if what they're reading me is true and it's not some lie to trick me into signing some bullshit? Like, there's just something really anxiety-provoking about it. So that's one of the things about adulthood that I have completely avoided (laughs) until now. I've just... just I'm starting to accept that I j- paperwork is just a part of life. I have learned to accept it. So this song, I definitely relate to the idea of what's the point of doing things? Like, sometimes I wonder, what's the point of paperwork? And it's like, well, the point is that you all have a financial future. It's like, yeah, I'll have a financial future, but, like, what's the point? Like, you know there's a point, but sometimes it just feels like, but what's the point? Like, you feel like, what's the point in going for that point, right? Like, you know why, but what's the point of dealing with it, you know? And I feel like sometimes that's just something our brains do. People with anxiety know why they need to do things, but their brain will still try to make them think that it's just not necessary because it's what anxiety does to you. (laughs) It sucks. It sucks really badly. But, uh, yeah, enough of my tangent. Let's move on to the next track. I loved this one and heavily relate to this one. Lost and Alone is a song about having trouble seeing past situations in life. And it has a pretty good guitar lead. There's a few songs that cover this topic on the album, but I think Lost and Alone does it in the best way. Um, Like I said, there's a great guitar lead and there's this little rapping section in the bridge which really helps add variety to their sound it really helps you see that they're more than just another metalcore band like deftones they uh also have you know rapping sections the last song had some like electronic vibes and elements so this song and this band has proven that they definitely have a variety to their sound and they're just they're not just another hard rock band or another song or another band in the metalcore genre. They really do something to differentiate themselves. And, you know, they do 
They work really hard to separate themselves from the rest of all the other metalcore bands and make themselves stand out. After reading the lyrics, the song Shadows, at least to me, is a song about someone who will never change, particularly someone in a friendship or relationship where they're a two-faced person who will say good things about you to your face, but to other people and their other friends and family members will just talk shit about you. And they just can't go a day without saying your name in a negative light. And that's what I think this song is about. Just a two-faced asshole, right? That's kind of what this is about. I've had an ex-girlfriend like that who, you know, she would say good things about me, but then talk shit about me to other people and would talk shit to me about our other friends, but would say good things about them to them. And that's just the kind of person she is. She just wants attention and she wants people to acknowledge her. And the way she does that is by shock value, by talking shit about others and talking about them behind their back. It took me a while to figure that out because we started dating when I was 12. So we were very young. We were in middle school when it started, and that relationship lasted about four and a half years. But as I got older and matured, I realized that she is just a giant asshole, just a giant shithead who wants nothing but attention and nothing but for people to like her. She's way too concerned about what people think of her. Like, she used to tell me, people don't like me. People don't want to be friends with me. People have turned... Them against me. Well, the reason people have turned against you is because they found out you talk shit about them to other people but are nice to them to their face. Of course people don't want to fucking be around you. You're a two-faced bitch. Of course people want nothing to do with you. And she's like, well, well why do people not want to be around me? Gee, I wonder why. And, you know, that's... Kind of, so I can relate to this song, the song Shadows. I, she really is just like a giant shadow, right? Her opinions are shadows. Her opinion of you is a shadow because she will just say something else about you later. So I definitely can relate to this topic. I think this is a great song. It does a great combination of rapping along with rapping and a little bit of screaming and metalcore. So it's a great combination between rap and metalcore. I love this song and even better, it has relatable lyrics. Through It All has got to be my favorite song on this album. It's about a relationship that had so much promise and had so much potential, but just did not end up becoming successful because of some kind of unfortunate circumstance. And I know this all too well. I feel like when we get into a relationship with someone, we feel like there is so much potential and so much promise in this relationship. I mean, the reason we fall in love with someone and ask them to be our girlfriend or boyfriend in the first place is because we see the potential in the relationship and we see it going places. We want to see where it goes, but sometimes it just does not go where we want it to. And sometimes it just flops. And something I've learned after getting older these days, you know, I'm 19, turning 20 this year in 2023, I've just learned that not all relationships that see prom seem promising or seem to have so much potential are going to work out. I feel like when I was younger, I would beat myself up over a relationship not working out and thinking it's my fault. But now, as I've gotten older, I've just learned that sometimes relationships are just not meant to work out. Some relationships 
are negative relationships because they're here to teach us lessons. Some relationships in life are not meant to go somewhere, but are meant to teach us lessons about what kinds of people we don't want in our life. We have these bad people in our lives so that we learn about the type of people we want to have in our lives. And when we're ready to settle down and get married, we know what kind of partner we want, right? And I think that's what the song's about, right? Let me read you some of the lyrics because this is, this is why it's one of my favorite songs. It's so relatable lyrically. Let me read you the chorus to this. You saved me, you made me, and through it all, you changed me forever. You love me, you hate me, and through it all, you changed me forever. Just very relatable lyrics about a relationship that has gone down the tubes. Sometimes it really does feel like someone makes your life and makes your happiness, but then through, you know, some kind of unfortunate event, maybe abuse in the relationship or some unfortunate circumstance or your partner just does something bad, I guess. They cheat or they, you know, hurt you emotionally, physically, whatever it may be. They just change you forever and change your perception of dating and your perception of friendship or your perception of any kind of relationship and they change you forever. But they also save you and make you in a way, as the song says, because they make you who you are today because they help you realize what kinds of people you don't want in your life. So they do make you in a way. So sometimes those bad relationships are like the building blocks to your perfect relationship. I love this track. Definitely my favorite on the album. Face the Day is probably the heaviest song on this album, and the metal parts of the album are mostly prevalent here on this track, as there is no rapping in this song to speak of. It's all just screaming and melodic vocal parts. This song really focuses on the metalcore side of From Ashes to New, and I love it. The song is about facing the day and not giving up in adversity, and it is an amazing song. I am all here for songs that inspire us to not give up. I really like dark metal, for sure. I really like dark, brooding songs. I mean, I'm a huge metalhead. Of course, I'm going to love the dark, brooding stuff, and I have a dark sense of humor, and I have a dark thoughts-minded mind. You know, I'm definitely dark-minded, and I love dark humor and all that. But sometimes you want to get a break from all that dark broodingness and just hear something positive or read something positive. And sometimes a little positive song to come in in between all the dark stuff feels nice. So I love this song. This is a great song to almost like be an intermission to the album. After all the for the first five songs you've heard, this little light, uh, this little sign of positivity is like a good little intermission on the album, and I love it. This is a great song. Downfall is a song about how though we all fall down, we can get back up again, and I think everybody has felt that way. Me recording this podcast, everyone listening to this podcast, I feel like we have all been through. Those time periods in life where we fall down emotionally or physically and feel like we'll never get back up. We'll never recover from this. Life is nothing but depressing and bleak. And what's the point of living or going on anymore? Because life just sucks. 
But I've learned through life that life is not all depressing and bleak and there are some good things to live for. I actually want to share a story that will hopefully inspire some of you um, if you're struggling. I was in a relationship with a girl named Kate and I loved her very much. She was my first for a lot of things. I think everybody's been there where they have that partner that was their first time for a lot of things. You know, she was my first time for a lot of things. And she unfortunately um, broke up with me for a guy that was in her university. See, we had been together for about a year. And then when she went to university, we decided to do long distance. But then she decided she couldn't commit to that. And instead of breaking up with me, she broke up with me for like a day. And then we talked it out. And we were like, look, you know, we can make this work. Let's just really work on things. Let's at least be committed to one another. And then she decided to break all that and go and date this guy from her university. So that broke me. And for me, life really did feel bleak because I felt like the girl, the girl, the only girl that really loved me, you know, abandoned me. That's at least how I felt at the time. And I had a lot of time to think after that. I mean, I was single and alone and I had a lot of time to think and I really did feel like life was bleak and depressing and I even contemplated suicide a few times because what was the point of going on and that's when I started this podcast my uh friend Ken inspired me to uh do this podcast to get me through that dark time period and now I'm a lot happier I've had a lot of time to think, and I've just really enjoyed recording this podcast for you guys, and it really got me through that dark time period. So all you listeners are who helped me recover through that bad breakup. Um, and now, through all that time, I've met a new girl who really loves me, and I really love her, and I see it going places, and I'm actually very happy and at a good time in life, and that's when I learned a few lessons. One, that life is not always bleak. But that also there are plenty of fish in the sea and that sometimes you have to meet some of the worst partners to find the best partner. So that is definitely something I've learned through time. And for anybody struggling through partner relationships, just realize that you have to meet the worst to meet the best. But let's move on to the next track. Breaking Down is a song about just not giving a shit, you know, just not caring, just not having the willpower to care or to live life, just being absolutely depressed. And I can totally relate to this. I mean, the peak of my depression, I want to say, was from my eighth grade year, you know, in junior high, all the way through, I want to say, my junior year of high school. That was the peak of my depression. In eighth grade, it was middle school. And, you know, in middle school, you've got puberty going on. There's all this social anxiety about finding friends and having friends and having a girlfriend and just like caring about things that looking back just don't even fucking matter, but for some reason cared about way too much. And then there was just the pressure of hiding your depression from everybody because the school would worry about you way too much. And then having the anxiety of the school finding out, fuck, it was just an overload of emotions is what eighth grade was like. Whenever someone tells me describe eighth grade, I just say emotional roller coaster. That is how I describe my eighth grade year. 
I had a lot of emotions going on at that time. Oh, let me tell you. Let's see. The only cool thing about eighth grade going for me was the newspaper club in my eighth grade year of high school because the eighth grade newspaper, the teacher who ran the newspaper club was cool as shit. That was the only thing that I had going for me that year, except for maybe my best friends. Like, you know, I had my buddy Zach at the time who I... Still have to this day. We are literally best friends. Closest, we're literally brothers at this point. And our brethren started, I want to say, in my fourth grade year. And his second grade year, I'd say, is when it started. So we've had this brother in for like a decade. So the only thing really going for me in eighth grade was my buddy Zach and the newspaper club teacher. And, you know, like, just all the cool people that were in Newspaper Club that year. And, like, the reason I had depression going on is my girlfriend was at a completely different school. She had reached high school already because she was two grades ahead of me because we met when I was in sixth grade. She was in eighth. Judge, if you'd like. But, you know, relationships are relationships, I guess. But, you know, you had that going on for me. So I was depressed about my girlfriend being distant from me. My girlfriend at the time, anyway. Um, and I was just way too worried about graduation, worried way too much about things looking good because, you know, in newspaper club, I made videos about blindness awareness and I was just over concerned about how good the videos looked or how poorly edited they were, just cared way, way too much about things that I probably shouldn't have even cared about and should have been worrying about other things like my grades, but instead I was worried about graduation. Oh, man, eighth grade fucking sucked. Then there was the freshman year of high school where I was overly concerned still about socialism. And now that I was in a whole new high school, you know, in a whole new school, I had just reached high school, in a whole new school, just graduated eighth grade, worried way too much about being liked by the mainstream students and how I was perceived because I was a visually impaired student with low vision. So I was worried about how people looked at me as I was, you know, in completely, I was in special education instead of in the classes with the main high school teachers. So I cared way too much about how people saw me when really they treated the blind pretty equally. So, you know, I'd, I was overly concerned about that. I was depressed because my buddy Zach was still in middle school because now he was in seventh grade because I was two grades ahead of him. Then I was with, and, you know, missed him. And I was with, I had my girlfriend, but... Then my girlfriend was being harassed by one of the kids in our high school, just like being completely preyed on and the teachers and the administration just not giving a fuck and just treating sexual harassment like a joke. So I was way too concerned about things that a 15-year-old should not have been going through, to say the least. Then being kicked out of high school and sent to basically a juvenile-style school just for protecting my girlfriend. Oh, it was a clusterfuck of a year. Oh, God. And my parents were like, why were you so depressed during your freshman year of high school? Oh, gee, I don't know. Probably because I was being treated like some psycho criminal for caring about my partner. Gee, I wonder why my depression was on an all-time high. Everyone treating me like a criminal. Gee, I wonder why 15-year-old me was so fucked up. Then you reach, like, sophomore year where things were a little all right, but I was still a little depressed from how... how I was back in my high school, by the way. They let me back in that year 
But now I was way too depressed in the beginning of sophomore year because I felt like I was being watched 24-7 because they were just waiting for an opportunity for me to fuck up so they could kick me out again. Like, just feeling like I was being breathed on 24-7. So that was great. Also, my girlfriend deciding to go to another school now. You know, her deciding to complete her senior year at a completely different school. So she just, like, checked out of our high school. And, you know, now I had basically no friends with me. I had one friend with me. But, you know, like, ah, jeez, that sucked. It was literally the worst possible year. Oh, that didn't make things worse? Guess what happened that school year? 2020 happened. Yay! (laughs) Which means the pandemic happened. (laughs) So now I was depressed about not being in school, but doing online school and being stuck at home and not being allowed to go anywhere. On the upside, I started going to my friend Zach's house because his parents didn't give a shit about, you know... COVID precautions in their house and they were letting me be over there so I had a little bit of sense of sanity but oh wait right when things start to get good in my friendships guess what junior year happens and now it's full on it's full on protocol for my junior year because you know the first semester of sophomore year we were in person second semester you know online school but online school wasn't as bad now they were junior year Not only are you online, but they're also caring more about your grades, and they still want your grades that you got in person to be the same as online. Which, by the way, it's really hard to keep up your grades as a blind student when you don't have the teachers to help you or the resources. Because as a visually impaired student, I don't know if you know this, we learn a little differently. We we use Braille and stuff. But, oh, wait, they can't work with you. Whenever there's an assignment that isn't accessible like sometimes the google docs were hard to use because the google docs would not be accessible to the blind oh wait the teachers are at home and so are you so they can't help you so then your grades suffer and then the school goes you need to fix your grades oh wait i can't (laughs) so you know junior year was definitely you know having guidance counselors up your ass worrying about your grades that you can't fix Yes, junior year was wonderful. <laughs> so yeah, 2021, 20, the 2020 school year to 2021 school year was not a pleasant period. Things finally turned around my senior year, though. Here's where things actually turn around and you actually start to care. But that's basically my relates. That's why I say this song is relatable, because... During those time periods, especially junior year, I did not really give a fuck about anything. I mean, I was locked in. I mean, let's think about this. I was locked in my basement doing schoolwork on a Chromebook. What am I supposed to care about? I can't go anywhere. It's not like I have to, it's not like I have to worry about how I look or smell or anything. I'm not around anybody. <laughs> so, you know, you start to develop bad hygiene habits. You start to develop these... Oh, God, just the worst habits imaginable. Thankfully, COVID levered a little bit during the summer of 2021. And by senior year of 2021, you know, the 2021-22 school year, things are back to normal. And hey, because of the COVID protocol, you got free lunches too, by the way. (laughs) You got free lunches at school. School was back in person. 
Also, the teacher that we had for newspaper club in eighth grade retired, but then decided that he still wanted to teach. So he decided to become a assistant for the special education program. So now I got to have him as a U.S. history teacher my senior year. Oh, life was on a rise, dude. It was also that year that he inspired me. To, it was also that school year around, like, I want to say Springer, May or so. He kept he started talking to me about the idea of a podcast. And I, my depression was active, but it wasn't as active because I had that teacher with me. But he really helped me get to a great emotional state once I started doing the podcast and stuff. Oh, my emotional state kicked back up. I still talk to that teacher to this day, and oh man, now I don't want to brag, but I mean, my life is great. I mean, my depression is active, but I'm not as depressed. I actually can kind of live day by day without worrying about something most days, you know? With my depression and anxiety, I would worry about things daily. But now with my anxiety and depression being there, but not as dominant as it used to be, it's easier to get out of bed in the morning. It's easier to think. I'm more motivated. Oh, God, it feels great. But that's just my little personal story. Um, but let's move on to the next track. I just rambled way too much. <laughs> Every Second is From Ashes to News version of a ballad, and it's pretty decent. In fact... This song even utilizes piano both in the beginning of the song and in between the verse and choruses. Uh, at the end of each chorus, there would be this little piano part before going into the next verse, and there would be some piano used in the verses. This is actually a pretty good metalcore ballad, all things considered. You know, not the most impressive ballad in metalcore, sure, but it's... Better than okay, you know, it's actually pretty decent. I don't skip it. I actually come back to it quite a lot. I know it sounds like I'm saying the song is just okay. I think it's good. It's just like, it's hard to develop an opinion on it because I feel like I've heard this type of metalcore ballad tons of times. It's just a little ballad about like depression and depression recovery. So I feel like I've just heard this done a thousand times better before. Not to say it's bad, though. I've heard worse metalcore ballads. It is a good metalcore ballad. It's better than okay. I just don't know. I like an ex I can't really come up with, like, an extraordinary opinion. I don't... I can't really think of some, like, extreme, complicated words to describe how amazing it is, like, I've done with some songs because there are songs on this album that are better. So I'd say, though it's good... There were some songs on this album that are better. Same Old Story is your basic metalcore song with amazing, well-executed breakdowns and melodic vocals with rapping in the verses to boot. A pretty good song to display what From Ashes to New does best. I would say if you're going to check out a From Ashes to New song... Check out this song from this album, Same Old Story, because it really showcases everything the band's good at. The rapping style, along with the metalcore melodic choruses and the epic breakdowns. Definitely check out this one. That's my short and sweet review. 
You Only Die Once is the closer to the standard edition of this album. We do have three bonus tracks to get to, but I want to go over this real quick. You Only Die Once is a song that's kind of a play on the... It's like a play on words to the phrase, you only live once. And it's a song about how, well, you only die once or you only live once, so... So we shouldn't take our lives for granted and we should appreciate everything we have and that death is not the answer and just enjoy life sometimes, right? And that's basically what this song is about. And I think it's a great closer to the album's standard edition. All 11 tracks are just great. The heaviness never repents. There's just this borderline intensity through all 11 songs and the album's just here to make that statement that metalcore can be fun and relatable the lyrics on here are very relatable the lyrics on here are just very fun you can sing along to them you can think about them there's just all this greatness and you just can't help but love this album so i give it a nine out of ten i am going to go over the bonus tracks, but I want to kind of go over my final thoughts here because really the bonus tracks are just bonus tracks and I do just want to see this album for what it originally was. So in case the bonus tracks are bad, I don't want them to, you know, bring the album down, right? So I think that this album is overall just great, relatable lyrics fun lyrics. The album really lets you think when you sit and listen to it all at once. You can really take it in. You almost notice that the songs are kind of aligned in a way where some are about depression in the beginning, but then there's songs to lift you up before hearing the other depressing half, which is a great way of doing this because it brings the album a sense of sadness, but also happiness. It really makes you feel all kinds of emotions all the way and that's great it's a great ride of an album nine out of ten like i said i love this i would say the best tracks on this album at number one is through it all number two face the day and number three breaking now those are the three tracks that i would recommend you check out and the three tracks that i come back to the most when i listen to this album if I'm just, you know, listening to songs casually. But there are times where obviously I sit down and play the full album and enjoy it for what it is because it is an enjoyable album all the way through. Like I said, 9 out of 10. Now let's go over these. Let's wrap up this episode by going over the bonus tracks. And I will rate those separately, almost like if I were reviewing an EP. The Last Time is a song about just accomplishing your dreams and not taking crap from people, and it's pretty well executed. It also features a pretty good feature from Deuce, who is the featured artist on this track. I don't really know much about Deuce. I'm not familiar with his music, but he sounds pretty good on this song, so maybe I'll check out some of his music. I'll do some research on him, but... Really, From Ashes to New are the people that shine on this track, not really the featured artist. I think this song would be good with or without Deuce. To me, he just kind of exists. I mean, 
it's a good feature. I just mean like it doesn't make the song or anything. Really, from ashes to new makes the song, and this song's solid. I definitely would come back to this one. This is a pretty good leftover bonus track from the day one sessions. Solid song. An Ocean of Its Own actually really impressed me. For one thing, the pianos are back, and there's these really heavy breakdowns in the song, and there's a little bit of screaming and melodicness. It's actually really good. When I thought the last song was just decent, I thought, oh, okay. The bonus tracks are just going to be good. You know, they're going to be ranged from good to decent. But then I hear this and I'm like, okay, apparently the bonus tracks are going to be really fucking good. You know what the last song was during, at times, decent and even good. You know, the last bonus track was actually pretty good and decent in some areas. But then you get this and you're like, okay, apparently the bonus tracks are going to be really good. I'm actually disappointed that this song, An Ocean of Its Own, was left off the standard edition of the album. I actually wish it was on the original. I wish that the standard edition could have been 12 tracks. I'm fine with um, the last the last song being on um, a bonus, it being a bonus track. It's good, but I would cut it from the album too. You know, it's decent, it's good. I play it sometimes, you know, I do listen to the bonus track. I do like it, I just think it's not up to par with the other songs. I want to get a point across that I don't think that that song's bad or that some of the songs on this album are bad. I just think that some are better than others, so, like, some can be cut. And that song's one of them. But then you got this song where you're just like, couldn't this have been put on the album? The album could have been easily 12 tracks, I'm sure, and I would have left this. I would have pushed for this to be on the standard edition of the record. But we got one more bonus track to go and then an acoustic track, which... I'm not really I'm not really going to review cuz it's just an acoustic track of a song that's already on the album. But I will say what I think of it, but I'm not going to give it its own full-on review. But let's move on to one more. And when I thought the bonus tracks couldn't get any better, I thought an ocean in its own was the peak. But then from Ashes to New said, "Nah, we got one more great one we've got we saved the best for last we got you the best one and i'm like what you're telling me you left this off the album too why (laughs) you know so i'm just like they really went into like they really saved the best for last here on the bonus tracks because we got look who's laughing now which i perceive as being a song about someone getting the upper hand, someone being in an abusive situation, either relationship, friendship, household, it's very vague, but about being in an abusive situation and then getting the upper hand and saying, well, look who's laughing now, jackass. You know, that's, it's a great statement. Very powerful song and it's sung very passionately. And I love this. It's so great. Why? Why from Ashes to New did you leave this off the standard edition? Oh, God. I jam this one constantly now. I know that this is probably going to be one of my biggest songs of the year. Um, this is probably be my playlist of like most liked songs of the year because I've asked music. And I'm guessing that um, 
my replay 2023 is gonna have this song in it, <laughs> and probably a bunch and others and probably a few other songs from this album, like through it all, are probably gonna be in my best stuff. But this is so good. I usually don't do this for bonus tracks, but I even want to read you the lyrics to show just how good this thing is. Look at me now, laughing now, happy now. I remember when you used to laugh loud. Back to the wall, back to the wall, I was afraid to act out. Feeling so small, I was scared and trapped. Now I'm standing tall, I don't plan to back down. Whew, some chilling lyrics about escaping abuse, man. I love this track. Let me just say this right now. These two bonus tracks right here, an ocean in its own, and this one. An ocean in its own and who's laughing now. Make the the bonus track edition of this album totally worth checking out. The standard edition is great, but you should definitely check out the deluxe edition of this album. These bonus tracks are so worth checking out, I swear. Especially Who's Laughing Now. Please check it out. I beg of you. And we end things off with Lost and Alone Acoustic, which does a lot of things well. It shows a side of the band that we've never seen before. After all the... At bursting energy and intensity and repentlessness that we've heard throughout the rest of this album, it slows things down for an acoustic track, which is a soft side of the band we've never seen before. They even add a rapping section to this version, which we do not hear on the standard version of Lost and Alone. I would say I prefer the original version, though, just because I feel like it's executed better. But this acoustic version, I would definitely say is worth checking out. I come back to this one when I want to hear a softer side of the band. But I definitely like the other 14 songs more. I would say this is a pretty good one, though. I would say check out the deluxe edition, though, over the standard. I plan to buy the deluxe version on CD instead of the standard because some of the bonus tracks are just chilling and brutal and amazing especially the song who's laughing now which almost has like a chilling brutalness to it so i would definitely say over the two versions the deluxe version the deluxe editions better and check that out even if you were going to check out these four songs on their own separately almost like an ep separate from the others from the standard edition it's still worth checking out these fab four so definitely check them out i know i, I, I reviewed these four separately so even so if you want to check them out separately you should regardless check out from ashes to new their debut album day one and check out their both their bonus tracks and their standard tracks I would give this bonus version a 7 out of 10. And definitely check out both. This has been Corruption of Colton Podcast.